0: Good Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday, September the 7th. It is the first Tuesday after the first official week of college football. This is Fourth Quarter Lights. I am your host, Andrew Galvin. This is my very first podcast ever, period. But, I do have a YouTube channel, so I have recorded some videos. So please take it easy on me. Again, this is my first podcast. But, the reason that we are here, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, first Tuesday after the first official week of college football, and there is a lot to talk about. Fourth Quarter Lights is a channel and a a brand that is to talk about Georgia football. I am a huge Georgia football fan, and and I do like all of college football. The entire atmosphere, the entire environment. Uh, I like several teams. I I don't live in Georgia. I actually live in Michigan. Um, I I grew up in Georgia but I I go to Michigan State games every year I go to Michigan games every once in a while Um, so you know I I cheer for those teams I'm not I I wouldn't say I'm a fan of really either of those teams but you know when when you work uh five miles from MSU's campus and you see the players and the coaches around town and stuff like that you know it's kind of cool and uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll cheer them on. I'll watch the games. Obviously, I'm not going to watch their games if if UGA is playing. But I love all things college football. And so I will be talking more in broad about college football. But it's going to be, uh, you know, heavily based around my Georgia Bulldogs and and how it affects them and, and everything else. So, just as a precursor, uh, if you are a fan of another team, thank you for watching. I there's a very good chance that I will talk about your team at some point throughout the season, but this podcast is heavily geared towards Georgia and Georgia fans. So we'll get right right into it. The big game was Saturday. Georgia Clemson, ABC, 7.30. The game that people have been talking about for months. Literal months. People have been talking about this game. Um, It has been featured on ESPN and, and ABC. I mean, it has been like the hype video for college football for the last four or five months. And... I'm going to be honest with you, Um, it it didn't live up to the hype. Now, the game was fantastic, because I'm a Georgia fan, but it was not a game that anyone was expecting, I can tell you that. If you would have told anybody that only 13 points were going to be scored in that game, and zero offensive touchdowns there is not a individual on the planet that would have believed you nobody thought that that game was going to be a slugfest defensive battle now we knew both teams were good defensively that's not the argument but with the offensive firepower that both teams have or are are supposed to have in JT Daniels and DJ Uyunglele. Um you know, and the stable of backs that Georgia has and, and everything else, and the wide receivers that Clemson has. It it was not expected. Uh, but again, as a UGA fan, I'm thrilled. Georgia won 10-3. The only touchdown of the game coming on a pick-six. Christopher Smith, safety for UGA, picked off DJ and took it 75, 80 yards to the house, whatever the yardage was. And that was it. Uh, Georgia did miss a field goal earlier in the game, so you could argue that it should have been 13-3. to three. Um, It wasn't a terribly long field goal. I want to say 41, 42 yards that Jack Podlesny missed. Um uh, but first field goal attempt of the season, nerves, I get it. Uh, so, I mean, it could have been 13, but uh, I'm happy, guys. And and there are people that, oh, the sky is falling, and why are you so excited when we just won a game 10-3 to and our offense is terrible. And... Guys, we just beat Clemson 10-3. to Clemson, name there, there is only one program that has been more successful than Clemson over the last decade. One. And that's Alabama. Alabama's one, Clemson is two, and that is how it has been for about nine or ten years. You can argue Ohio State if you want, um, but... It's Clemson in Alabama. And Georgia won ten to three. And Georgia was playing without half of its wide receiving core—literally half. Now, why is that? Well, there was a lot of, uh, you know, game prep issues, uh, but obviously the injuries. Are, are the biggest issue here. So Georgia loses. George Pickens in the spring. Torres ACL could be out for the year. We'll, you know, see on that. That's to be determined. If he does come back this season, uh, it it's going to be late. And I mean, SEC championship game, maybe. Um, and that's if we're playing for a college football playoff spot at that point. Maybe he comes back at that point. Otherwise, we have to prepare that he's going to be out for the season. So then we recruit his replacement, the transfer from LSU, that played tight end wide receiver hybrid. We were going to split him out at wide receiver. He was supposed to be George Pickens' replacement. And if you've watched my video on YouTube, you know how I feel about this. I'm not going to get into this today. You can go over to my YouTube video and watch, or my YouTube channel, and watch that video. It's got about 2,000 views on it. It's one of my most popular videos over there. But anyways, Eric Gilbert uh, is MIA, whatever you want to say. He's not with the team currently. Not saying that he's not on the team. He's not with the team currently. Whatever that means, personal issues. Uh, Kiris Jackson played some of the game, but he kept like he kept coming in and out. I don't know if he got pulled at the half and was told to sit sit out. I know that he had some uh, knee scope done over the summer. That obviously has affected his return and it may be a conditioning issue he's not up to you know game speed and and in game shape Um, and that's what Kirby Smart said about Jermaine Burton too because to this point UGA's had 45-50 practices since spring and Jermaine Burton has only participated in 10 or 15 of those practices uh, because he had a similar, you know, knee injury. Um, and so he's only had a handful of practices. He's not in game shape. He's not up to game speed. To be completely honest with you, I mean, Marcus Rosemy Jack Sane, is, is kind of in the same boat. I mean, he had that terrible injury against Florida last year where he broke, slash dislocated his ankle, basically the same injury as Dak Prescott had for the Cowboys. And, you know, he had a long road to recovery, and i he's been fairly healthy since the beginning of summer. You know, he was running routes and stuff back in June, uh, but that's still a brutal injury to come back from, and, you know, I have to imagine that he's probably not in game shape and up to game speed. And So, I mean, you're talking George Pickens, Eric Gilbert, Jermaine Burton, Kiaris Jackson. They're... They're all either out or slow or hindered or whatever the case may be. Dominic Blaylock didn't play, not yet cleared or whatever from his ACL injuries. Uh, you know, we had walk ons out there at wide receivers, guy. I mean, it was like Lad McConkey was getting some work, Jalen Johnson was getting work. Brock Bowers, the true freshman tight end freak, was our featured receiver slash tight end the whole game. So, no, I'm not upset that Georgia won 10-3. Yeah, would I have liked to see Georgia win, you know, 35-17? to Sure. That would have been a more exciting game. But to watch our defense... Play the way that they did after getting torched last year in the secondary was a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, it was it was just unreal. Clemson could not move the ball. They had a couple plays that busted for 20, 25 yards. Outside of that. And, I mean, there was like two or three of those plays. Outside of that, they were all two, three-yard passes. I mean, very similar to our passing game. I thought both teams completely took away the deep threat to the point where neither team was even trying it anymore. Playing two deep safeties. Just hard to to even want to try to throw over top of that. But it was a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, Nolan Smith was having a game. Adam Anderson was having a game. Jordan Davis doing his thing. Devontae Wyatt, Channing Tindall, Nakobe Dean, Quay Walker. I mean, everybody got in on the action. Georgia had seven sacks. Now we knew we knew that Clemson's offensive line was going to be shaky and probably more shaky than ours was coming into this game. But we didn't know that it was going to be that easy to get to DJ. I mean, it was like playing Charleston Southern's offensive line out there for those guys. I mean, they were just eating all night long. On the flip side of that, I thought Georgia's offensive line played great. And again, if you watch my YouTube channel, I went over this during the season prediction, uh, the season-long prediction, and I also went over this my Eric Gilbert video, so many people were concerned about the offensive line for UGA. And I'm telling you right now, that is something that I will never be concerned about at UGA. Unless for some freak reason, uh, you know, four or five starters get hurt, I am not going to panic or overreact about Georgia's offensive line. Because as long as I have been a UGA fan... Circa 2001, Mark Rick's first season, I was 10 years old. Uh, Georgia has always had one of the premier offensive lines in America. Always. Doesn't matter if we're shuffling players around. It, It doesn't matter who our offensive line coach is. Always had one of the most premier offensive line groups in America. And... For me, this season was no different. There was people, there was analysts. Oh, well, I'm worried. That this is the best defensive line that Georgia's going to face all year, and they're going to get they're going to get tested early. Well, how'd they do? They gave up what one sack? with two? I, I, one or two sacks? I mean, Zamir White had actually had a great game. He had like 13 carries for 74, 75 yards. I mean, he had a great per carry average. Kendall Milton had a great per carry average. That defensive line was not that scary. And if that's the f- best defensive line we play all season, it's not a bad thing, guys. Our offensive line played great. Holes were open for the running backs. JT didn't have a, a an eternity to pass. But with our game plan, that's not what we were trying to do. They were trying to get the ball out quick so that Clemson did not have a chance to get to JT Daniels. JT Daniels had an average of 1.77 seconds to throw on Saturday. Now, that's not just because of pressure. Those are, that's desi- it was designed that way, and that's why all of our passes were to the flats or three four-yard routes. 1.77 seconds per pass can't get to the quarterback that quick it's almost impossible so I, I am ecstatic with a 10-3 victory offensive line played great running backs looked great JT Daniels had a high completion percentage he didn't make bad throws um, but it, that that offense was not our offense that you would see that offense was designed specifically to beat Clemson that's it you are not going to see that offense on Saturday, I promise you that, against UAB. You're not going to see it. We're not worried about UAB's defensive line. Even with Tate Ratledge out. So, Georgia wins 10-3. to They will likely move up to number two in the polls behind of course Alabama talk about that game for a minute to be honest with you I didn't watch a lot of that game because it was boring I mean I watched the first four or five possessions and Alabama scored on their first four or five possessions I mean they scored on every possession that they had to start the game and it was boring to watch Miami couldn't move the ball. They were three and out, punt. Alabama gets the ball back, scores. I mean, that was the story of the first half. Miami gets the ball, three and out, punt. Alabama gets the ball, they score. I mean, that's just, it was it was a very boring game to watch, but it just shows you how good Alabama is. And Nick Saban just reloading that team. Loses his quarterback, his running back, all of his wide receivers from last year doesn't even matter at least not against Miami it doesn't so Alabama rolls over Miami Alabama will be number one Georgia will be number two Ohio State will likely be number three even though they struggled for most of the game for at least you know three quarters against Minnesota now the game was at Minnesota first game of the season CJ Stroud you know I get it he's a redshirt freshman first start on the road. Minnesota, tough place to play. It was wet. But, another I mean, it wasn't a blowout. It was 45-31 Ohio State. It wasn't a blowout by any means. It was a good game. So I think Ohio State will probably be number three, just because I don't know who else you would put there. Uh, you certainly wouldn't put Oklahoma there. Oklahoma's going to fall. Oklahoma nearly lost to Tulane at home. Now this game was supposed to be in New Orleans, but because of Hurricane Ida, it got moved to Norman, Oak, Oklahoma, home of the Sooners, and at one point I looked at this game, and I was, I was out, I wasn't able to watch that game, I, I, I was driving somewhere, at one point I looked and Tulane was up 14-7 to on Oklahoma in the second quarter, that, that was interesting. And then next time I look at the score, and it's like 34-14 to 14 Oklahoma at the half or, or right around halftime, and I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, we went from being, you know, Oklahoma went from being down 14-7 to being up like 34-14 to 14 or whatever, 33-14, something like that, whatever the score was. In a, in a span of like 10 minutes. It was it was insane. Um, so then I didn't check on the game again because, uh, again, Oklahoma was up by three touchdowns right around halftime. At home, it's Tulane. Who's going to watch that game? Not me. I turned it off. I, I didn't even care. Didn't even check the score until all of a sudden a buddy texts me and says, uh, Oklahoma? Oklahoma? And Tulane had a chance to win that game. It was 40-35 to 35 as the final. Oklahoma won. But Tulane scored late, decided to onside kick it. They recover the onside kick with like a minute left in the game. And then there was like they, they threw a pick or something like that to end the game. I think it was an interception. End of the game, game over, Oklahoma wins 45 to 30. Or, uh, I'm sorry, 40 to 35. It was a five-point win. So, what I, I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, Oklahoma had a, had a great defense last year, and all we heard about this offseason was how improved their defense is going to be, and Alex Grinch is one of the hottest coaches in college football, and he's going to get a head coach. Dude, you're giving up 35 points to Tulane at home? Georgia gave up three points to Clemson. You're giving up 35 to Tulane at home. I, I I was super high on Oklahoma. I, you know, to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be an Oklahoma-Georgia national championship. I don't know, guys. I don't know. But I guess you put Oklahoma at four because they won you know, drop them back a couple spots put Clemson at 5 I wouldn't be opposed to putting Clemson over Oklahoma but I know they're not going to do that because Clemson lost you could put Clemson at 5 maybe a little lower but it's not like they got blown out by UGA so I mean they don't deserve to fall very far ESPN's FPI rankings actually still have them ahead of Georgia at number two, which is mind-blowing. How do you lose and be ranked ahead of a team? That doesn't even make sense. With the same – that team is 1-0, you're 0-1, they just beat you at a neutral site, and the computer says, nope, they're better. Hmm, doesn't make sense. Strength of schedule, I don't, I don't know. Um. So, you know, touching on those, basically the top five teams, other games of interest. And again, just because I live in Michigan, Michigan blew out Western Michigan game was actually close, uh, well into the second quarter, I was listening to that game while driving. And, uh, at one point it was like late in the second quarter, midway through the second quarter, maybe, and, Michigan was only up 10-7 to seven on Western. And actually, Western was marching down the field and to take the lead, and something happened, interception, fumble, something. But uh, nevertheless, Michigan ended up rolling. But However, it uh, did cost them Ronnie Bell for the season, their number one wide receiver. Ronnie Bell sounds like torn ACL. I don't know if that's been confirmed. We just know right knee injury and that he's out for the year. Uh, so that's a huge blow to Michigan's offense because he was their playmaker on offense. One of the few that they I mean, they've got some good running backs, but as far as wide receiver goes, he was their, their guy. He was their go to guy. Um So that hurts. I know that hurts them big time. Michigan State played Northwestern on Friday. They got a big win. They they looked really good, man. They're uh they scored thirty eight points on Northwestern, which Northwestern's typically a you know, pretty solid defensive team. But uh, Michigan State, they went with this uh, this QB, Peyton Thorne. I have no idea who this kid is. I don't know what class he's in. I don't know how much experience he has. Is he a transfer? I have no idea. Um, but he looked good. He could, you know, he could scramble. He could get out of the pocket, make plays with his feet, uh, had a good arm on him. So uh, Michigan State's running backs went absolutely bananas. One of their guys had, like, 225 yards, three touchdowns. Walker, I think, is his name. So they blew out Northwestern it like, 38-21 or something like that. I mean, it was three-touchdown win. That's a blowout in my book, especially against a conference opponent. So those are the scores from, you know, the notable scores, at least for me, around uh, college football and and there's more to talk about guys. I mean, Vanderbilt losing to East Tennessee State, whatever the hell that is. What what is an East Tennessee State? And why are you losing to them as an SEC team? And not only losing, but I mean, didn't they get blown out? Isn't it like 29 to 6 or something? i mean, it's something just embarrassing. Arkansas almost lost to Rice. Mississippi State almost lost to they I mean they came back and won by literally the skin of their teeth. They won by like one point against like Florida International or some inferior opponent. So definitely some head scratchers across the SEC. How about Emory Jones? How did he look for Florida? All we've heard all offseason is oh Emory Jones, he's a he's a dark horse for Heisman and Dude, they played Florida Atlantic, and he was terrible. Did he even throw a touchdown? I, Florida Atlantic? He was terrible. What did he throw, two interceptions? Against Florida Atlantic? At home? Is that game at home? I think he was in the Swamp. Uh, not impressed with Emory Jones, but I've been saying that all off season. You're not replacing Kyle Trask, not with Emory Jones Anthony Richardson's the better quarterback, but Florida fans they don't want to hear that for whatever reason. I don't know because Emory waited his turn i I don't get it Richardson's the better quarterback. It's clear. So looking ahead, UGA has UAB on Saturday. That game is at home. UAB actually looked pretty impressive. Um, I mean, granted, it was Jacksonville State, but they won 31-0. to They looked pretty good this you know and i get it it's an out of conference game and and you can call it a cupcake and i guess it is but this is UAB is not at the same level of a cupcake as charleston southern that we play later on in the season UAB is is actually one of the better uh group of 5 teams and they have a very good chance and and will most likely win their conference this year. So I don't expect this game, you know, Georgia's not going to win this game by 50 or 60 points. Um, It's not, that's just not going to happen. Should they win by three touchdowns? Absolutely. And when I say three touchdowns, you know, it doesn't have to be 21 points. It could be, you know, 18, 19, 20, somewhere at 21, whatever. Somewhere in that range. Georgia should win this game comfortably, but they're not going to blow them out because our offense still isn't healthy. Jermaine Burton and Kyrus Jackson and Roseme Jack Saint and Don Blaylock, they're not all of a sudden just going to be 100% healthy, ready to go in a span of six days. But I'm looking forward to the game I'm looking forward to what Georgia can do on offense because I think it is going to be a lot better than what we saw on Saturday. Um, granted it's UAB, but I think we're going to feature more of of the offense and uh, see what we've got you know as far as our vertical passing game, get more running backs involved and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game to watch some other good games on this weekend. And uh, I'll touch on those before this Saturday. But I just wanted to hop on here and drop my first podcast episode. Again, this is Fourth Quarter Lights. My name is Andrew Galvin. You can check me out on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Fourth Quarter Lights. I'm the only Fourth Quarter Lights that that's out there, I believe. Uh, I do have a Georgia logo on my YouTube channel. So feel free to... Like, subscribe, whatever, to YouTube. Share my podcast. It would be hugely beneficial if you did. If you could, let me know how you, uh, how you enjoyed the show, what I can do better, what you liked, and we'll see if I can improve upon that. But thank you for watching on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Andrew Galvin with Fourth Quarter Lights. We'll talk to you soon. Go dogs.